Johnson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. The Milwaukee Bucks got a huge win in Los Angeles last night. 129-124 the final score. And we'll get into this game. We'll talk about it all today. And I know Kawhi Leonard didn't play. And Giannis flirted with a triple-double. A lot of details, a lot of takeaways. I think my number one takeaway last night was that I'm actually getting close to being an adult. Uh, because 9 o'clock start time, mm, didn't didn't like that. <laughs> nope, did not like that. Got to be up for class in the morning, got things to do, got show prep to handle. No, do not like a 9 o'clock start time. A- and I noticed a couple times last night where the game would go to commercial or, or there'd be a break and it would come back and i think, oh my God, we're still in the second quarter. It's not even halftime yet. I felt like such an old man. Is that how you can tell? Is that when you first learned... Uh, that you are turning into an adult is you couldn't do nine o'clock start times for NBA anymore. 608-796-2558. Let me let me know. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. And we're not going to waste our time uh, talking about my age or how old I feel today. I want to talk a lot of bucks. They were winners last night in Los Angeles. Like I said, 129-124. No, Kawhi Leonard didn't play. But as the Packers showed us last weekend, road wins are hard to come by. Especially West Coast games, and you got to travel all the way out there, and you're maybe given eh, maybe a little bit of extra time to have some fun before the game as well. It can be tempting to, uh, as one reporter asked Coach Lafleur the other day, treat it more like a uh, uh, treat it more like a vacation and not so much like a like a business trip. And look, I, I think it's fair to say uh, that the Clippers probably would have won last night if Kawhi played right. The Bucs only win by five points. And I say only. Like, look, the Bucs played who was across from them on the court the other night, right? Kawhi Leonard didn't suit up. I'm not blaming the Bucs for that. I'm not going to downplay the importance of this win because it's going to count the same at the end of the year when you look at the records, when you start to stack up the seating in the Eastern and the Western Conference. It's still a win. A win is a win, especially on the road, like I said. But it's probably fair to say that the way that game went, Kawhi Leonard plays the Clippers Probably win. Now I say probably because last night's game was pretty engaging and entertaining because you had some role players step up for the Clippers, right? Montrezl Harrell had 34 points last night. Lou Williams, who is instant offense, right? He had an off night, but he had 11 assists, right? Got the ball moving around, got others involved, like Harrell especially. Clippers were tremendous in the mid-range of the floater game last night. I thought they were going to lose the game just because they couldn't defend floaters. So you never really know, right? If Kawhi Leonard plays, maybe... Maybe Lou Williams doesn't turn into a distributor. Maybe Montreza Harrell doesn't go off for 35 points and, and look like a legit NBA superstar, right? You, you never know. But it's fair to say that if Kawhi Leonard plays, it's probably a pretty good chance the Clippers win last night. 129-124, the Bucks end up winning. And we're going to talk a lot of Bucks today. Like I said, this is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. You can always join the show, 608-796-2558 on the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line Twitter as well, at Keystroke or Grant and at WKTY. Both will do the trick. We're going to talk a lot of basketball today. Uh, we're going to tap into one of uh, our, our tremendous uh, members of the Bucks Beat, the local Cooley Region Lacrosse Bucks Beat. We have a lot of we have a lot of tremendous people covering and following the Bucks and blogging about the Bucks. Uh, from the lacrosse area. I, I know I talk about the account Bucks Film Room all the time, and I routinely see him uh, at bars downtown, and I keep saying, you have to come on, and he says, I know. 
We have yet to make it work today. We're tapping into uh, to Matt Murphy. Uh, he follows and writes for the Bucks lead and, and has so much good content and knows what he's talking about. We're going to chat uh, on the Five Star Telecom talking tax line coming up at 530. I'm very excited. We do have to talk more about load management. That's coming up in a few minutes as well because that's the hot topic issue, right? That's the, the noisy conversation right now regarding basketball uh, in the national media. We got to talk about uh, load management because I think us here in lacrosse, we will have a very interesting perspective. We have a very interesting view uh, on getting tickets and going to games. I'll explain more coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, I want to remind you earlier this week, back to the Bucks 129-124 win. Earlier this week, uh, I, I was kind of banging this drum. I was talking about the Bucks blowing leads, right? They had a 16 and a 17 point halftime lead to the Celtics, to the Heat. They end up losing both of those games, blowing big second half leads, big halftime leads, right? And I said, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a bad look and it's a bad habit. To blow big leads. When you have a chance to close out good teams like the Heat, like the Celtics, good players like Jimmy Butler and like Kemba Walker, you have to take advantage. You have to close out and you have to win those games. But I said, just wait. Just wait. We're only a couple of games in. And remember last year, the 2018-2019 Bucks season. Their average margin of victory was just short of nine points. That was best in the league, hands down, bar none, not even close. Bucks kind of flew under the radar a little bit last year, right? New coach, all right, Giannis is good, but how good is he? Well, ended up Coach Bud be the coach of the year, and Giannis would be the MVP, and the Bucks would be the one seed and make their way all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, a, a couple of stretches of bad play away from the NBA Finals. I don't know if anybody expected that from them last year. Bucks kind of flew under the radar, and I think they took some teams by surprise, and they were able to knock teams out in the third quarter and, and win games by an average margin of victory just short of nine points, which is hands down, like I said, best in the league. This year, it's going to be more difficult for the Bucks to close games out early, right? A big lead in the third quarter is not going to translate to an automatic win or close to an automatic win. Maybe like we saw last year, right? Last year, look, you're down big to the Bucks in the third quarter. You say, all right, let's let's call off the dogs. Let's get our starters some rest. We'll focus on another game. It's just the Bucks, not on national TV. We're not going to get killed for it. Whatever, move along. This year, no, no, no. You give the Bucks your best shot. You give Giannis your best shot because he's the reigning MVP. That team went to the Eastern Conference Finals and is looking to be the number one team in the East this year now that Kawhi Leonard has moved to Los Angeles. It's going to be more difficult for the Bucs this year, right? I said, it's not a good look to blow big leads, but give it some time. Let them adjust. They're going to have to play a little bit differently this year. And last night, man, did they make me look smart last night because last night was a perfect example, a perfect example of, of doing something that they had not done in that Boston game and in that Miami game, and that is absorb a couple of punches, right? Last year, the Bucks would put one good run in the third quarter and end the game, and the teams would give up. It's not happening this year, and it certainly didn't happen with the Clippers last night. Let me explain. This is a very, very up-and-down game. It started, I mean, the Bucks got off to a tremendous start last night. They were up 11-3. to They were looking bigger, stronger, more dominant. That was about five minutes into the first quarter. They were up 11-3. to Then the Clippers make it close. And they trade leads back and forth throughout the end of the first quarter and into the second. And then the Bucs put another run on them in the second quarter. Right? They flirted with about a 15-point lead, which ultimately topped out at a lead of 70-59 to at halftime. Right? Feeling good. Up 11 points. Well, in the third quarter, the Clippers made another run. Trading leads back and forth through the middle of the third quarter. Then the Bucks go on a run. And they led by about 10 points all the way through the third. 
and all the way through the fourth, just keeping the Clippers at bay. It got close near the end, uh, as close with about two minutes left as five or six points, but that is as close as it would get. What's my point? The Bucks were able to absorb multiple runs last night. The Bucks jumped out to an early lead. Clippers came back. Then right before halftime, the Bucks jump out to a lead. In the third quarter, the Clippers come back. And then the Bucks pull away and go ahead and win in the fourth quarter. The point? The Bucks are making improvements from what we saw in that Boston game, from what we saw in that Miami game. The Bucks are absorbing multiple punches. They're not expecting the opposition to lie down and give up. And I know Kawhi Leonard didn't play last night. Fine. But I'm not going to blame the Bucks for that. Right? The Bucks and Coach Budenholzer and Giannis only can play who suits up, literally, from the other bench. Because Kawhi Leonard was on the bench. He just was in a suit. Last night was a good example. Made me look really smart. Made all of us look smart because I think we're all in agreement. The Bucks are going to have to do some things differently this year. They have a little bit of a target on the back, right? They're going to take team's best punch. And last night, the Clippers gave them a couple of punches. The Bucks were able to respond every time with a punch and with a run of their own. Very up and down game and a perfect example of what the Bucks are going to have to do and how they're going to have to play throughout this year. They might be slightly different from how they played in 2018, 2019, a year ago. We're going to talk a lot of basketball today. Like I said, we're going to talk to Matt Murphy, who writes and contributes to the Bucks' lead. I cannot wait to hear his take on the situation, and I can't wait to hear his take on load management. That's what we're going to talk about coming up next. And look, Jim Rome's been talking about it. Dan Patrick's been talking about it. All the national TV and radio shows have been talking about it. I know David Scrady covered it, right? You might be sick of hearing about it. I'm not going to tell you that Kawhi Leonard, just damn it, suit up and play. We pay money. We, you know, the TVs pay pay money to, to be able to carry this game. You've heard that a million times. I think we have a unique perspective right here in lacrosse. We have a unique perspective to this situation. I'll explain coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show presented by Played Against Sports. Back in a moment here on WKTY. Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for tuning in. We're talking NBA basketball. We're talking Bucks, and we're going to talk more Bucks coming up here in about ten minutes with Matt Murphy. He covers the Bucks uh, and contributes to the Bucks lead. One of our very many good Bucks bloggers and uh, journalists, analysts here in the lacrosse area. We're going to talk to him coming up on the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line. Uh, long story short, the Bucks won in LA against a Kawhi-less Clippers team last night, twenty-nine to or one twenty-nine to twenty-four. Giannis was tremendous, thirty-eight points, a near triple double, sixteen rebounds, nine assists, two steals, two blocks. Right, Chris Middleton had a quiet night, but Bledsoe showed up again. He's really starting to hit his form, and then George Hill, twenty-four points last night, and looking like a legit six-man spark plug off the bench. And I love what he had to say. After the game, this is him being asked, I believe Eric name of the athletic asking, look, you're playing a, a bench role. How do you feel? Do you like your role on this team? Do you like what coach Bud is having you do? I absolutely love this. Just uh, do the best I can. You know, I'm here to, to do anything the coach asked me to do anything. This team asked me to do. That's me. Uh, I really don't care if I start, if I come off the bench, if I'm playing long minutes or short minutes, um, you can always make an imprint on the game, no matter what you do. Yeah, by the way, uh, George Hill hit six of seven three-point shots last night. He was a bucket. He's a bucket off the bench. A little bit of uh, Lou Williams on the Bucks, Like Lou Williams, that instant offense, that guy who can get hot off the bench for the Clippers. George Hill uh, been a similar and been playing a similar role on the Bucks team, uh, this Bucks team this year. And it's been really interesting to watch. And I, obviously, you got to love that attitude. The Bucks did win last night. And as I said 
kind of in my opening rant, if Kawhi plays last night, the Clippers probably win. But Kawhi didn't play last night, and the Bucks, like I said, can only play against who suits up, literally in this case. And they did, and they were able to win that contest last night. Now, it is interesting. We talked about the Kawhi Leonard uh, load management thing yesterday. This is uh, the second straight national TV game that Kawhi has missed in this very young season. By the way, the Clippers have played eight games now. And Kawhi has missed two of them. Two of them. Both back-to-backs. The last back-to-back that Kawhi played was April 2017. And for those of you who may not know, a back-to-back does not just mean consecutive games. It means a game played on back-to-back nights. So in this instance, the Clippers played the Bucks last night. They have another game tonight. Kawhi Leonard not going to play both of those. He's not going to play the back-to-back. Gets one of those off. Last time he played both was in April of 2017. That's a little bit absurd. And load management has been the hot topic everybody's been talking about the last couple of days on sports TV, on sports radio. Honestly, let's be real. Let's be honest. 24-7 sports talk networks and sports talk radio channels, they need something to talk about, right? Is this load management thing that big of a deal? I don't know, but it's right now it's the hot topic. It's what everybody's talking about. You got to have an opinion on it, whether you like it, whether you hate it. That's what people are talking about. Right, I, I don't actually think it's that big of a crisis for the NBA. I don't think it's people are saying, oh, it's a bad look for the NBA. I Look, I, I don't know. I don't think it's as big of a deal as the conversation would lead you to believe, but you got to talk about something, right? The national TV game thing, I, I don't know. Like, people are mad last night. Kawhi's sitting out a nationally televised game. How could he? Well, I mean, I was going to watch last night regardless anyways because the Bucks were playing. I I watched on Fox Sports Wisconsin. I hardly ever watch on national TV anyway, given the chance, because I I would rather listen to Jim Paschke and Marcus Johnson or John McLaughlin or Steve Novak because I know the Bucks better. I get more out of a local broadcast than a national broadcast. I prefer Fox Sports Wisconsin, right? It, it's it's a viewing experience that's tailor-made to Bucks fans, which I appreciate. So the whole nationally televised game thing doesn't doesn't really bother me. How could he, you know, sit on a night that's not nationally televised? Ah, okay, fine. Look, if if there's a big build nationally televised game, like let's say last night was the Clippers Rockets and Kawhi Leonard doesn't play, eh, if I really wanted to watch, I'll probably still watch. And if I wasn't planning to watch in the first place, eh, I probably I probably won't watch. I don't know if Kawhi Leonard sitting has a huge impact on me. I don't know. Now, there are games that I think are exceptions. Christmas Day games, Thanksgiving Day games. Look, when the Lakers and the Clippers match up on Christmas, everybody better be playing. Everybody better be playing, because that's different, right? That's different. A Saturday afternoon game on ABC in March between the Sixers and the Bucks. Everybody better be playing, right? But like a Wednesday night primetime game on ESPN, I don't really care. I don't really care. There's primetime games every Wednesday night. I'll watch another one. I don't get bent out of shape about the national TV thing like some people do. But here's where I do get bent out of shape. That's buying tickets to go to games. That's what I get bent out of shape about. And I think I think us here in lacrosse, we have an interesting perspective on this. Because I'm going to assume everybody who's listening, I would assume the majority of people here are Wisconsin sports fans. And if you were a Minnesota sports fan, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being here. I appreciate having you. Either way, we are both, both fan bases, two-plus hours at least away from the nearest sports stadium, right? Now, you talk about the Badgers, that's about two hours. Okay, that's about as close as we have, right? But the Twin Cities are about two-and-a-half hours, and that's not a quick two-and-a-half-hour drive, by the way. 
up through Rochester, up through, I don't know, Cannon Falls and all the way up into the Twin Cities. That's not a short two and a half hour drive. Green Bay is three hours, and that might be the worst drive because there's not one main road to take. I grew up near Eau Claire. You just hop on 29, take it all the way over. It was still three hours, but it was a simple three-hour drive. Driving to Green Bay from La Crosse sucks. And Milwaukee is a solid three hours. That's an easier drive because it's on 94, but three hours is, is three hours nonetheless. In La Crosse, we have this perspective of if we want to go see one of our teams, if I want to go to a Bucks game, man, you got to plan that out. You got to plan it out. It can't be a last minute thing, right? It can't be a couple days ahead of time. You got to plan it out. All right, when am I taking work off? Are we staying overnight because six hours in a car to watch a Bucks game? I don't know. All right, so now I'm booking a hotel room or I'm renting an Airbnb or I'm staying at Pato in downtown Milwaukee, right? And getting a hotel room for a Packer game, good luck. Good luck. You're going to spend a lot of money or you're going to have to stay an hour away from Lambeau Field, right? Stay in Schwano. It's a big deal. It takes a lot of planning, a lot of effort, and there's normally some money dropped, right? You're buying a full tank of gas at least, depending on what you drive, and you're going to get dinner. If you're staying overnight, you're going to get breakfast or lunch. You're going to get a drink at the game. It, it, it is an excursion. It's not, hey, let's see if there are any Bucks tickets tonight. You want to head down to the stadium? Sure. Let's meet at a bar beforehand, grab a beer, and then walk over. It's, it's not that simple. And I think our perspective here in La Crosse or in, on Alaska or Holman or over in La Crescent is all one and the same. We are hours away from our nearest professional sporting event. A little closer to Madison. But that's one and the same, I think, too. If I buy Bucks tickets to see LeBron James versus Giannis Antetokounmpo and I get there and it's announced that there are a couple superstars resting for Loge management, I am pissed. I'm pissed. Because all that money, all that effort, all that planning just went right down the tubes because I'm seeing a subpar product. And most people, I'd imagine, if I go to a Bucks game this year, I'll probably go to one. I'll probably go to one. Right? I don't think I'm going to go to a Packer game at this point. I'm going to the Badger game on Saturday. We've been planning that for a while now. A lot goes into that. And when your favorite player or the superstar you specifically picked the game to go see rests and sits, man, that's bush. That's bull. Right? That That is, that is just, that's crap. That's crap. For example... Me and a couple of friends, uh, right after New Year's, we're going to out to uh, to L.A. for a couple of days. Small little vacation. I think we're staying four nights, right? We're flying Spirit. Man, we're going dirt cheap, and we're just going to go explore a big city, relax in between semesters, right? Trying to do it on the cheap, and we said, man, while we're there, let's go to Staples Center. Let's go see the LeBron James Lakers. Let's, let's experience that, right? I'm not a huge LeBron guy. The Lakers, I could take or leave, but it's Staples Center. It's a place I've never been. How cool would that be while we're in town, right? And we were talking about it the other day, and and I was telling my friends, I'm not buying tickets yet. I'm going to buy tickets the day before or two two days before at the earliest because now you can hop on an app on your phone, right? It's simple. It's easy. You can do it in the snap of a finger. I'm not buying tickets now. Are you kidding me? I'm not spending $80 for a third deck seat only to get there to get to the stadium and hear it announced that day that, well, LeBron James is going to sit or Anthony Davis is going to sit, right? I'm going to wait till the day of. Are you kidding me? Very, very interesting. NBA NBA fans especially have to kind of grit their teeth and cross their fingers when they get a ticket way ahead of time, which for us in lacrosse, that's always the case, right? It's always the case. We can't just drop, we just can't drop what we're doing and head down to Fiserv. It's three hours away. Three hours away. Load management. 
My real problem with load management we talked about yesterday is Kawhi's workload is already being managed. Kawhi's career high in minutes per game was in 2019, or 2018, excuse me. He played 34. 34. That was in year eight. Year eight of Kawhi's career. LeBron is in what, year 19? And he's playing a career low 35. 35. Kawhi this year is averaging about 30 minutes per game. 30! 30! LeBron James is losing his hairline. He's playing 35. Playing 35. And look, workload can be managed within a game, right? Giannis, last night it was a close game, so he played 36. But for the most part, you're not going to see him get much above that. 35, 36 minutes, hardly ever above 40, right? Budenholzer does a really good job. And it takes an experienced coach to be able to do that. Manage minutes of your superstar to keep him healthy, to keep him fresh without actually missing game time. It does take a veteran coach, but the Clippers have Doc Rivers. That's about as veteran as you get outside of uh, outside of Greg Popovich. That's my problem with it. If you're going to miss games, then the nights you're playing, you better be all out. You better be locked in. Not playing 30 minutes. Man, oh man. Eight games in, Kawhi. You've sat for two, and you're only averaging 30 minutes per game? Soft. It's weak. And that's why I'm hesitant to buy NBA tickets. I gotta wait till the day of, the day before. And that's really hard to do when you live three hours away from Pfizer Forum. It's really hard to do. Coming up next, uh, we're gonna talk to Matt Murphy. He's a contributor uh, to the Bucks lead, does great work blogging, analyzing, and uh, is right here in lacrosse. We have such a good chunk of, of Bucks analysts and bloggers here in lacrosse. We're gonna talk to him coming up next and get his thoughts kind of on everything as the Bucks are now 6 and 2 and getting an impressive road win even without facing Kawhi last night in Los Angeles. We'll talk to him coming up next on the 5 Star Telecom Talking Text Line. You're listening to WKTY the Wisco Sports Show back in a minute. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host. Hope you're having an awesome night. Thanks for hanging out. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talk and text line. Coach Wench says, Clippers will be loaded when Paul George gets back. Coach, yes, they will be, assuming Kawhi and Paul George are ever going to play at the same time. That's the weirdest thing in all of this, right? If Kawhi wants to, quote, load manage and rest games, that's fine. But maybe wait more than two weeks after the season starts and, and maybe do it when Paul George is actually healthy and your team doesn't need you. Last year, he was able to get by and then the Raptors were still able to win without him. This year, I don't know if that's going to be the case, especially before Paul George comes back healthy and appreciate the text coach Wench uh, on the five-star telecom talk and text line. And speaking of that five-star telecom talk and text line, uh, Matt Murphy joining us. He contributes to the Bucks lead and is uh, kind of a member of this really good a local group of analysts and bloggers who cover the Bucks here in the lacrosse area also did a really good job covering local teams and was always uh, out at those Friday night lights this past fall as well. Matt, what's going on this afternoon? Hey, Grant. How's it going? Uh, just hanging out, ready to talk some Bucks. Hell yeah. Well, I know that you had issues staying up like I did last night. Uh, it, it was an entertaining game. I, I give the Bucks a lot of credit, and, and here's my take, Matt. Early on this year, the Bucks blew a couple of big leads, right? Boston and, and Miami. Last night, they had a big lead. And then they lost it. And then they had a lead, and then they lost it. I, I think as the year goes on, the Bucks are going to get better at absorbing multiple runs from teams. Because last year, I, I think the teams just laid down for the Bucks. Like, they said, okay, we'll, we'll take our shoes and go home. We'll, we'll try another game. This year, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think teams are going to give Milwaukee their absolute best shot. 
with the coach of the year, with the MVP. And I think last night was a good example of maybe the Bucks learning how to absorb multiple big runs from a team in, in one game. What did you see from that Clippers game la- last night, late last night? Yeah, absolutely. I think that you kind of hit the nail right on the head with the idea that we're going to get every team's best shot. we got a target on our backs. We, you know, have the MVP. And one thing, I was listening to the show a little bit earlier, and you mentioned how last year we were winning third quarters and we would pull away in third quarters. And last night it felt like we almost did in that third quarter. I think we got up to a 14-point lead either late in the third quarter or early in the fourth. And then the Clippers came back and hit a couple of clutch shots. Lou Williams, I mean, that guy's just a walking bucket. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's something else. He played, I think it was the most minutes on the team at like 39 and had 34 points last night. I... I think you're absolutely right. I think that watching the Bucks this year, they are going to struggle a little bit more with teams because they're going to give them the best shot. But I think we have the personnel to do it. And what I think it comes down to is I always like, I always like to look at the Bucks keg, the Chris, Eric, and Giannis connection. Yep. You've got to have at least two of those three guys, you know, playing their game, playing up to their all-star potential if we're going to continue to have the winning ways that we did last year. I don't know if that's something you've been paying attention to. I know last night Chris Middleton didn't really show up, but again, Eric Bledsoe really stepped up. And as you said, swallowing you on Twitter last night, and you said it might have been the George Hill game last night. It it might have been. George Hill was tremendous off the bench. Let's talk about the bench, but let's do the keg first. So Giannis was tremendous last night, and the start to the season for for number 34 for the Greek Freak has been tremendous. He had 38 points, 16 boards, 9 assists, but then also two steals and and also two blocks uh, if we want to be thorough. Maybe the most important part of last night's game for Giannis was that he actually was really good from the free throw line. He hit 14 of 18, which had been a problem. Chris Middleton didn't show up last night. He only had 13 points. Eric Bledsoe was great. And he has been. He's really turned it on the last couple of games. I, I want to get your thoughts on Chris Middleton, Matt, because he he feels a little bit like the Blake Martinez of the Bucks, where if things aren't going well, Chris Middleton kind of becomes the punching bag. He becomes the whipping boy. And, and before last night, he's been tremendous. What is your take on Chris Middleton, the guy who got a lot of money? People weren't too happy about that. Where do you stand on number 22? And I know he was quiet last night, but up until that Clippers game, he'd been really solid this year, and I don't know if people had given him credit. You know what? I think... You kind of hit it on the head there with the idea that people don't give him the credit he deserves. The guy has been a 20-point scorer the last three years, and this is something that I know you know we have Minnesota listeners around here, something that Andrew Wiggins has dealt with his entire career is that people don't like him because he's not as flashy as you would like. Sure, He will score you 20 points a game. He will get you those rebounds, and he's a steady player. I think that he's a guy you can rely on. And, you know, he may not be the guy that pops off for 30 points in a game, but he's going to give you that consistent 20, which I think is something every team needs. And at the shooting guard position, which may not be the most star-studded in the Eastern Conference, I think that's really important to have. I think a a nice number two, I think Clay Thompson is probably the perfect uh, shooting guard in the league to play with a a ball-dominant player, right? You want that guy who can sit back and catch and shoot, and I think Clay Thompson is perfect. I think Chris Middleton is maybe a, a, a much, I don't want to call him a poor man's version of Clay Thompson, because I think that's a disrespectful way of putting it. He's not as good as Clay Thompson, but it's a very similar role. He's a little, he's big, right? He's 6'8", right. And, and I think he, I, I don't know, Chris Middleton is is always just going to be this this developing and evolving storyline when he's in Milwaukee, because when the Bucks are losing, 
it, it often seems like it's Chris Middleton's fault. And when they're winning, he, he doesn't normally get a huge portion of the credit. And I, I don't know if that's ever going to change. Matt Murphy, a contributor to the Bucks lead, joining us uh, on the five-star telecom talk and text line. Bledsoe had a slow start to the year. And, and look, I, last night, he only scored 20 points only um, is a small number compared to Giannis's 38. He, he wasn't as dynamic offensively as we've seen him in the past. But the last couple of games, I think Eric Bledsoe has really taken it up another level since the beginning of the year. He comes in with that injured rib, and he looked a little slow. He wasn't as good defensively. The last couple of games, Eric Bledsoe has looked really good. Have you seen a, a switch from Bledsoe? Have you seen an improvement as well? I think so. And I think that, you know, like you said, he had the rib injury to start the year. And I think everybody, especially on the Bucks, I think everybody's just kind of starting to find their groove. We're going to get going here, I think. I think this West Coast road trip, if we can go out there in the next week and take care of Utah and then maybe rest some guys, maybe not rest some guys, but yeah. lower some minutes for some guys against Oklahoma City, I think the Bucks go on a big run here. I think that they've got a really good chance at that. And I think Eric Bledsoe's a big part of that. And I think that the idea with him is – when he's locked in on defense, that really feeds his offense. And I've seen I've seen that a lot more lately. I don't know if that's pressure from George Hill playing so well, coming <laughs> off the bench, yeah. or what it is, but his defense has really improved, and that really fuels his offense because he's great in the open court. Well, they're coming up at Utah, which is going to be a tough game, but then you have some easier games. You're going to visit Oklahoma City uh, and then come back to Chicago. So like you said, maybe some lower minute counts in Oklahoma City and at home against Chicago to get ready for a game against Indiana and Malcolm Brogdon who has been absolutely tremendous. Uh, getting back to last night, Matt, and I guess the, the last thing I want to ask you, Matt Murphy from the Bucks lead joining us on the five-star telecom talking text line. I'm looking at the Bucks bench and something that I've noticed when I always look at the box score and I scroll down and I look at bench scoring, there's not an option on the bench that I do not like. Now, I think George Hill has kind of separated himself as maybe not an every game consistent score off the bench, but like three of five, four out of five games, he's going to give you 20 points or more. And that is so valuable. Take George Hill out of the equation. Ilyasova, Lopez, DiVincenzo, Connaughton, Corver, Wilson, Brown. There's not a player in that bunch I don't like. I think the depth and all of the options on that bench is going to be such a big part of why the Bucks can win a lot of games this year. What do you think of their second unit? I, I really like it. I think that a guy that we need to watch a lot of coming up is Dante DiVincenzo. Yes. I really have enjoyed the way that he's played. He's been productive when he's been on the court. Last night he didn't score, but it felt like he was out there making an impact. Um, I like the way he plays. I think he complements a lot of guys really well, especially in that second unit. Uh, I know that you have mentioned that you really like DJ Wilson. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's kind of been buried in the bench. But the one perplexity to me is Sterling Brown. I, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I thought Sterling Brown was going to make a leap this year. And it seems like he has either only been buried in the bench or regressed. And I don't know if that's a point of concern or if we're just saying we're so deep that he's a good player, but we just don't, we don't have time to fit him in. Well, I think it's a good problem to have trying to find minutes for Sterling Brown. I, I just looking at the rest of their bench players, I know Coach Bud isn't going to take minutes from Ilyasova. And, and to be honest... The last two years have kind of made me a believer in Ilyasova because he's actually a pretty consistent shooting option and he just he creates offense by taking charges all the time. I don't think you're going to bench Kyle Korver, take minutes from him. He's been great. You're certainly not going to take him from George Hill. I would love minutes for Sterling Brown. I just don't know where they're going to come from. I guess that's my only question. 
Exactly, and I think that's, like you said, that's a great problem to have, and I think that, you know, the only spot I could see him filling in is Dante DiVincenzo or maybe Pat Connaughton, but those guys have been steady and proven that they can hang with all these other teams, more so than Sterling has, I think, is the idea. Um, another thing that you mentioned that really interested me was Ersan Ilyasova. I've been a big believer in him the last couple of years, and I think that he might deserve a little more minutes and maybe lower Robin Lopez. I have not been. Robin just seems like he's kind of a stick in the mud out there to me. Yeah. I don't know if you see the same thing, but. I, I haven't figured him out as a player yet, and I think I just need to watch more of him. I, I don't know exactly, because he's different than Brooke. Like, he, he'd rather play underneath a little bit more, and, and he'll sh- he'll take jumpers. He will. He won't take them with as much excitement, I think, as Brooke will. I, I don't know how they're going to use Robin Lopez, and I think it's a very interesting comparison. Ilyasova and Lopez both played 14 minutes last night. I, I don't know. Robin Lopez was a clean zero for plus minus, and Ilyasova was a minus 11 in a bench unit that was otherwise all in the positive. It's a difficult unit to figure out. And when you add Robin Lopez in, who's obviously new to the team this year, I think there is going to be a learning period. I think there's going to try a trial period where they try out different lineups, where they try things. And I guess here here is my, my last question to you while we're talking about the bench. When all is said and done, assuming everybody stays healthy and the Bucks are going into the playoffs, what do you think? the rotation is going to be? Because you're going to start Giannis, Middleton, Lopez, Bledsoe, Matthews, assuming that doesn't change. Who who are your two or three or four guys off the bench who are going to see consistent playoff minutes in close games against tough opponents? Who who do you like? Uh, so that's a great question, first of all. I think it's really early in the season to be discussing this. But sure. as of right now, you can't take George Hill out of the equation. He has been way too effective and just a steady veteran presence. I think Kyle Korver's instant offense, he was a lot, he's kind of a replacement for Miritich, a guy that can come out, shoot the three, kind of change the game in an instant type yeah. of guy. And then obviously you've got to be able to spell Giannis and Brooke Lopez. So those four guys, I mean, you've got to say it's going to be George Hill, Kyle Korver, Ersan Ilyasova, and Robin Lopez. Yeah, I, I think that sounds about right, and I'm fascinated as this season rolls on to see how the role of Dante DiVincenzo or Pat Connaughton, who I actually think are really similar players, I, I think Bud just ends up favoring whichever one is the more consistent shooter because they're both great rebounders. They're both endlessly athletic and good defenders. I, I cannot wait for the season to progress, Matt, and, and see how this bench evolves and how their starters learn to play because adding Wesley Matthews is a big difference for Malcolm Brogdon. Matthews didn't score last night but was a plus eight. He, he recorded one rebound. That was his only statistic, and, and they're going to have to figure out how to make these guys gel together. I can't wait to watch it. I know you're in the same boat. Matt Murphy, uh, contributor to the Bucks lead, and also does a killer job covering some of our local teams as well. Matt, thanks for a couple of minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, have a good one, Matt, and, and thanks again. You can follow him on Twitter, at uh, M2 underscore Murphy. Uh, once again, contributing to the Bucks lead, covering local sports here in the area. And, and we are blessed with a with a pretty cool little bubble of Bucks bloggers and Bucks analysts in this area, you should also follow at Bucks Film Room on Twitter, who does great film breakdowns and might be one of the more brutally honest assessors of the Bucks and assessors of NBA basketball. And I love that he's also in this area. A lot of good Bucks media analysts, bloggers, however you want to title them. As sports media evolves and, and flows so much through blogs and through social media, we're blessed with a pretty cool presence here right in lacrosse, even though, as I said earlier, we are three hours away. So thanks. Follow Matt Murphy on Twitter, and you can find his work at The Bucks Lead. When we come back, we got to talk football. We've been talking enough Packers this week. I actually want to talk Badgers football, more so their opponent 
and, and who is on tap for this Saturday. I was got a really good quarterback, and, and I'll tell you more. I'll tell you exactly what I think of this quarterback and how I know this quarterback so well. Coming up next, final segment of the Wisco Sports Show. On the way after this, you're listening to WKTY. <laughs> Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I am your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for being here. Hope you're having a good night. I stayed up way too late last night watching the Bucks game, and I know uh, our last guest, Matt Murphy, did as well. Once again, you can find him uh, on Twitter and all of his work that he does for the Bucks lead at M2 underscore Murphy. Thanks again for a couple of minutes uh, towards Matt. We're very blessed with a lot of good Bucks. Uh, followers and bloggers and analysts in this area. I love it, even though we're three hours away from Fiserv and three hours away from Milwaukee. We're only two hours away from Madison. I want to talk Badger football. They're staring down the barrel of the Iowa Hawkeyes. They come to town on Saturday. I'm going to be at that game. Kind of a last-minute decision. Uh, I'm going to go watch the Badgers and the Hawkeyes. We're both in a very similar place trying to fight to stay in the race for the Big Ten West. And and both of these teams kind of they have some things in front of them, right? If the Badgers are able to win this weekend, they only have to hope that Minnesota loses one game, and then it's a winner-take-all in, in Minneapolis at TCF Bank Stadium uh, the final week of the season, right? So so the Badgers have some things in front of them. They have to take care of business, and that starts against Iowa. Uh, and, and that means they're going to have to beat Nate Stanley, the Iowa quarterback, who is from Menominee, Wisconsin, my hometown. And I watched Nate play... Uh, sophomore, junior, and senior year is the starter in Menominee. And then, of course, for the last two full seasons at Iowa, and now he's on his third um, as a senior. I've watched a lot of Nate Stanley playing quarterback. And at Menominee, look, Menominee is is a little bit similar to Holman, everybody's postseason favorite team the last couple of weeks, in that they love to run the football. They line it up in the power eye, which is essentially just a wishbone off to one side, and they just pound you. Right, And it's not a system, it's not an offense that necessarily can get the most out of a high-level quarterback, and that's taking nothing away from Coach Labuda and what they've built up there in Menominee and the Big Rivers Conference, because they have a system, right? That they have a, a program that works, and it's not necessarily designed for a flashy, high-level quarterback. Nate's arm is bigger than any high school quarterback's arm that I have watched in the last couple of years, and you see it at Iowa, too. Now, Wisconsin has had Nate's number the last couple of years, the last two years that he's been a starter for the Hawkeyes. And if you want to know more, look, go to my Twitter account. I retweeted a story by our own Colton Bartholomew, who is now writing for the State Journal in Madison and covering the Badgers. And he did a really good recap of of how the former Big Rivers quarterback has struggled against the Badgers, against his home team, uh, home state team, right, Wisconsin. So Stanley took over in 2017. The Badgers beat Iowa 38-14 that year and 28-17. Now, it, it was it was a brutal outing for the Iowa offense as a whole in 2017. I was at that game, and oh my God, did Wisconsin's defense make Iowa look terrible, not just Nate. He had 24 passes for, he completed in that game, 8 of 24 passes for 41 yards and a pick. Like, Wisconsin just took him to the woodshed that game. Last year was a little bit better, 14-23, 256 and two touchdowns, but in the fourth quarter, it was different. Only three of nine with a pick, and that's how the Badgers ultimately won. Now this year, look, the Badgers' strength is once again their defense. I think their offense is much improved. The one thing you got to pay attention with with Nate is they put so much on him, right? Changing things at the line of scrimmage, recognizing protections, being able to audible 
in and out of certain things. It's all on him. Right, and he's the type of quarterback who who wants that responsibility, who welcomes that, who will handle it, and has handled it and does a great job. But what I've seen from Iowa this year, and I, I keep going back to that Michigan game. Michigan was not sending the house. They were not blitzing nine guys or eight guys. Right, They they weren't sending the house at Nate. They were sending four or five guys, and they were running basic stunts, basic twists, basic delayed blitzes. And Iowa's offensive line had no clue what was going on. None. I feel pretty good about Wisconsin's ability to rush the passer against Nate and against Iowa. I do. But you need to you need to at least try to deceive. You need to try to conceal and, and, and misdirect a little bit because Nate will pick up on those protections. He, he will adjust his protection. He'll pick up on those pressures. He's seen so much football in the last six years, even at the Iowa level, right? Two full seasons as a starter now. That comes into play. So I hope Jim Leonard doesn't expect to play Iowa straight up, although I do think they have better defensive players than Iowa has offensive players. So I think playing and play out, you're going to have the advantage, but I, I, I hope they don't go in thinking they can rush for with no stunts, no twists, no delayed blitzes, and, and get there, because Nate will make plays. He'll slide his protection. He'll recognize pressures and recognize blitzes. You need to put together a good game plan. Nate Stanley has yet to beat the Badgers. I, I'm really hoping for, for the sake of Wisconsin and my Wisconsin fandom that it is not this weekend because that'll be three straight losses for what I thought was the best Wisconsin team we've seen probably since Russell Wilson. Of course, had to lose to Illinois, and then we all know what happens against Ohio State. Iowa's protection has been bad. It was bad, it was bad against Michigan. Right, It's been bad the last couple of times I've watched him, and it hasn't taken a lot of trickery, a lot of motion, it's, for the most part, been straight up or, or pretty simple, right, blitzes and, and pretty simple pressures. But that doesn't mean you can you can sleepwalk into this game. And I don't think Jim Leonard's going to sleepwalk into this game. Don't get me wrong. I, I do, however, think that if, that if you don't try to deceive at least a little bit, it'll move his protection and he'll pick you apart. He's got a huge arm. And even once you get there, and Zach Bond's quoted in Colton's article saying he's a little bit like Ben Roethlisberger. He's so big. He's so strong that even when you get there and you're draped all over him, he'll still make a play. All the way going back to high school, I thought he was a, an NFL comparison is, is perfect. Ben Roethlisberger, because he's huge. He's big and he's strong, and he doesn't necessarily run away from contact. He plays through it. And I'll be there on Saturday. I'll be posting some stuff on our WKTY Facebook page and on Twitter at WKTY. Hope for the, the sake of Badgers fans and for what is left of intrigue this season, the Badgers are going to be able to pull it off. Tomorrow night at 5 o'clock, where the Wisco Sports Show would normally be, we'll have our roundtable with Zach Heilprin and uh, the rest of his boys from The Zone previewing Badgers Iowa. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Packers, the Badgers, the Bucks. Enjoy everything. I'll be back to Monday. Talk to you then.